Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Discussing chapter 12, Bhakti Yoga, Yoga of Devotion. We'll be concluding chapter 12 today and then we'll march on to the next chapter. So let's see what we have seen so far in this chapter. The quest of our life is to be perennially happy. To be perennially happy, I have to be perfect. So I have to identify with perfection. That perfection I'm seeking through right now identification with my body, with my mind, my intellect, and all the actions which I put through these three, and seeking that perfection, where I can find the perfect happiness. We are coming to the conclusion that none of these are reliable. Body is perishable, mind is fickle, intellect is unreliable. So I have to find the fourth entity which is reliable. So we come to the conclusion that one thing and one thing alone which does not change, mutate, or unreliable in my life is my own self. That I which I consider I never changed since I was a child till my old age, that I remain constant. No matter what situation I am in, that I is always with me. That is what is supporting me whether I'm right or wrong. I'm smart or dumb. I'm wrong or right. So that I may be something I can rely on. I can identify with it. But I'm coming to the conclusion that even that I is limited. Limited by my body, my mind, my intellect. That I, which I considered I, always relates back to I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not powerful enough. So what is it that I can rely on? So what we have learned in the last few chapters saying that universal I is the same as your limited I. The self in you is the self everywhere. Self in you is the same as the universal self. Bhagavan explained in the last few chapters that the I never changed. When the conditioning changed, the I never changed. Body got older, Mind got fickle, but I remain what it is because it is that universal I. And we have discussed many times that the analogy is this space here was always what it is, what it was before. It was universal space, never had to be borrowed from somewhere or never had to be given up. When this building came up, it got conditioned, we called it now a room space. When this building will be destroyed, it will still remain where it is as part of the universal space outside. That is my relationship with that universal self. Self remaining what it is, I'm now conditioning it with my perishable body, my fecal mind, and my unreliable intellect. When I remove these three, 
that self remains as all-pervading, almighty as the universal self is. So the prescription we have heard is to become bhakta of that self, devotee of that self, to identify with that self. And then we have seen that this bhakti to that universal self can be two types. One is saguna bhakti. Saguna bhakti, I attribute all the divinity in one and then identify with that form. Just as my entire feeling of patriotism, I put in a devotion to the flag. Therefore, now we have controversy with the, can you burn a flag or not burn a flag? Can you wear the clothes which look like a flag or not? Because we have put all our feelings of patriotism into that one symbol, which is a flag of the country. Same way when I take all divinity which I cannot comprehend, which is infinite in one form, and that form becomes a Saguna Brahman. And I can identify with that Saguna Brahman. The quintessential example we have seen in our culture is Mirabai. Mere to girdar gopar dusarona koi. Bhagavan said, devote your mind to me without none other. Mirabai said the same thing. For me, there is none other than girdar gopar. Then she described qualities of the Giridhar Gopal. She said, Mira kahe Prabhu Giridhar Nagun Sahaja Mile Avinashira. He's very easy to get. Once you identify with him, he's very easy to get. For us, he's so difficult to get. There's something similar to when I first started going to Chinmaya Mission in Houston. I was fascinated by how close Gaurangbhai was to Swami Chinmayananda. So I said, Gaurangbhai, how did you people come so close to Chinmayananda? And I don't even know him. He said, next time when he comes, Neil, you also go and talk to him. You go and talk to him, he will be as close to you as he is to me. And I did exactly that. Next time when Swamiji came, Gaurangbe said, go and talk to him. I went and talked to Swamiji. Since then I felt as close to Chinmananji as Gaurangbe. It is me who was stopping me from getting close to my guru. So Mirabai says that he is so easy to get. You are not getting there. You are not making an effort to identify with him. So that's a saguna bhakti. Nirguna bhakti is we negate all the forms and colors as nothing but the product of maya, illusion. These names and forms and colors and world of plurality is a projection, the universal mind. It does not have the real existence. The real existence is the one which is supporting this projection. Just like a film on a screen, the picture on the screen has no existence whatsoever. We know that. What exists is the lens and the light and film behind that. That's the support. That creates this variety of actions on the screen. So that's a nirguna bhakti. When I consider that all the forms and colors and shapes in this world are the projection of maya, but one who supports that maya is the Supreme Self. And the quintessential example is Bhagavan Shankaracharya, who expounded the philosophy of non-dualism. That which you are seeking in youth are not two different selves. Bhagavan Shankaracharya in the end says, Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Govindam Bhaja Mudhamate. Oh fool, all these accomplishments in your life, samprapte, sannihite, kale, nahi nahi raksati, dukkurun karane. Obviously, a pandit was chanting the grammar rules. These accomplishments in my life, which I consider to be important for my happiness, Bhagavan said, they're only short term. 
my long term planning should be to get the perfect happiness and for that bhagwan shankaracharya say bhaj govindam when your time will come all this accomplishment are not going to come to help you you need to have long term planning as well short term planning is necessary but without long term planning short term planning is invalid of no value whatsoever so he say you need to focus on your long term planning which is to find that perennial happiness not temporary happiness so then bhagwan described that there is a ladder but whatever stage you don't have to be a gnani you don't have to be a bhakta but you can start somewhere and that somewhere is i can start with whatever i'm doing but your karma phala tyaga i can at least give up the anxiety for what will come out of my actions karma phala tyaga bhagwan said everybody can do it no matter who you are even if you are a dacoit you can say i will try my best get caught or not by the police that leave it to the bhagwan no matter what stage you are in your life you can start with karma phala tyaga so start with karma phala tyaga once you do karma phala tyaga you will start abhyasa you'll be constantly practicing this when you start doing abhyasa you'll start getting good at it so you'll get gnana knowledge i used to ask my music teachers i don't understand what you are talking about scale and tal and all that is you keep practicing you will understand one day your job is to practice so bhagwan said keep practicing and you will get gnana one day that light will go in your head and say oh that's what these guys are talking about and then you will do dhyana then you will be focused on to that one and one alone he said that's the ladder to be a bhakta but to consider yourself bhakta you should have some litmus test or you can say what to aspire to achieve to become a bhakta what qualities so last few verses are giving us this 36 qualities of a perfect purusha a perfect yogi a perfect bhakta these are similar to the ones we have learned in chapter 2 called sthita pragna lakshana how does he walk how does he talk what does he do and we have seen the sthita pragna lakshana now bhagwan similarly describe lakshana bhakta a perfect bhakta what qualities he would have and we see this 36 qualities and say not for me 36 of them we want to start with one whichever you can it is something similar to a story i tell all the time a story of a mother and a son mother has raised his son very dearly with lots of hardship but the son developed all the vices in the world smoking drinking gambling going to mujras the mother was very disappointed but she couldn't do much about it because he was very stubborn while dying son was very devoted to mother so comes to mother you tell me what at least do something give up all this vices mother i cannot do that that's my life i can give up that at least give up one he thought that i my mother done all that for me let me do at least one is okay i'll give up one smoking was the lowest so i'll give up smoking mother dies the guy thinks oh so i can't smoke anymore okay then i'll be drinking drinking alcohol is but there's no fun if there is no cigarette after the alcohol what is the fun in it you know uh, there's no fun in drinking he gives up drinking without drinking the gambling no fun you are gambling everybody else is drinking and smoking and you can't do that oh, there's no fun in gambling give up that you give up all of that there is no maja in the mujra so he gives up that 
everything what mother wanted all the time. Give up all the vices. So Bhagavan said, you start with one. Karma falatyaga. And you will achieve all of this. So the few verses which we had been discussing last few times describe these 36 qualities. Some of them are easy for us to understand. Some of them are not so easy for us to understand. So we'll spend a few minutes to talk about the ones which are difficult one. So one of the things which bothered us, Udasinaha. Udasinaha is in Gujarati is sad. By Atlutu, Udas kem You're a failure, unhappy, then you're in Udasa. You say, no, Udasin is indifferent to what's happening. So Bhagwan himself said in chapter 9 that I do all this activity of sending these beings into the world and bring them back and I continue doing that. But udasin vat asinam eva. I sit there as if I'm completely indifferent to what's happening. Therefore, those activities do not bind me. He said, consider me as a role model. I do everything, but I'm indifferent to what's happening. I don't get involved in that creation after that. I don't get involved and say, let me make sure I micromanage the law of gravity. He doesn't do that. He says, I don't micromanage it. Once I have put that cycle in motion, I'm indifferent to it. But once I say, Bhakta is like that. He does his activity, his work, but Udasina, he's indifferent to what's happening around him, with him, because of him. So Udasina. Another one, Sarva Arambha Parityagi. He said, he never start anything. <laughs> that means I'm completely useless. I'll never start anything. No new endeavor. No new entrepreneurship. He said, no, that's not what it meant. What bothers us that we take the credit for I am the one who started it. Now you want me to get out of it. That's the problem. I founded this company. I am the CEO of Uber. Now you want me to get out of it? Not going to happen. That's because you consider it to be the initiator of this activity. But if you see it in a global term, you are just one of the link in the chain. Somebody created this technology, somebody worked at it, you just happen to use it and then put it in a different format. Once you see yourself as nothing but a chain in that continuum, you will not have this problem of what comes out of it. Therefore, he says, Sarva Aramba Parityagi, do not ever consider that I am the one who initiated this. Swami used to say, when he has the yagna, obviously somebody has to work hard to put everything together and say, he said, he must be thinking that how much work I had to do to put this yagna together. He said, think about how much work he has to do to put all of you together. A speaker to have the knowledge to speak, bring him to Richmond or Houston or wherever, and then bring all the listeners together. Said, so much work goes on before that. I said, we can make even a cup of tea by ourselves. To make a cup of tea in the morning, so many people have to work so hard. So I get the tea bag in my home. Somebody has to grow tea in Darjeeling or China, wherever that is. Somebody pick them. Somebody has to package them. Somebody has to process them. Somebody sell it to me. All that supply chain has to work till it enables me to make a cup of tea. 
Once I have that attitude, then I will understand what Sarva Aramba Parityagi is. So that's what we need to focus on. That all my actions are nothing but part of this continuum, this chain. I'm just a link in this unending chain. Yona Hrushyati. This is really a problem. Does that mean I don't want to rejoice when I'm successful? As we have seen, the happiness is absence of agitations. Not just the positive agitation. If I remain in a positive agitation, there's a word in psychology called monopolar disorder. I'm always high. You know? Let's go monopolar disorder. So hrushyati is also not good. Not all the time hrushyati. When I'm rejoicing my success or good things, I have to have at the back of my mind that this is temporary. This joy is not everlasting. It is temporary. Therefore, I cannot get fully involved in it. Don't get carried away by that joy. Because the next wave is coming of failure right behind it. And I need to be prepared for that. If I get fully engaged and get carried away, I'm not prepared for what's coming. Therefore, I say, na hrushyati, na dvesti, na sochati, na kankshati. Na kankshati we have problem. We can be na dvesti, okay, that's acceptable. Na sochati we have problem. He doesn't think. He does not worry. Na sochati. Na kankshati does not desire anything. Well, this again we have a problem. If I have no desire, I won't be working. I'll be retired. He said, no kankshati means no particular results from my actions. I have to do my duties. If I am a part of a supply chain, if I don't do my work, it's going to affect everyone. That's what I should be thinking about when I do my work. Many people depend on me doing my part. You're in a drama. You don't deliver your dialogue correctly. Other person cannot deliver his line or her line. So not only your duty to perform your lines correctly for your benefit, but also for the benefit of the others. When I keep that in mind, not keep just my self-interest in mind, my performance will be as good as it can be. So Bhagavan said, therefore, not kangsati. Shubha, ashubha, parityagi. Everything will remain exactly the same after you learn Bhagavad Gita. The only thing that changes is your reaction to what's happening. Shubha and Ashubha, again we know, is my relative reaction to the event. Something which is not conducive for me is actually conducive for somebody else. Me losing makes somebody winning. Market falling down, everybody loses money, but those guys who are short, what do they call it? The shorting the market, they are making money. It is always good for somebody. So I need to remember that Subha and Ashubha is my relative perception and reaction to the event. And again, that's impermanent. So I need to not get carried away. And Bhagavan says, such a person is dear to me. Then he continues the last two verses, giving ten more qualities. These are very confusing verses because to friend and foe is alike. That means Trump has to deal with King Jong-un same way as Angela Merkel. 
said, no, no. But don't be so filled with hatred for the guy that you do something irrational. I recognize he's my enemy, and I recognize he's my friend and allies. I deal with them appropriately, but remaining myself indifferent, so I don't do irrational thing. Otherwise, by my enmity, I may do something irrational, which eventually is going to hurt me and not others. So, samasatravacha mitracha tatha mana apamani yoho. Also, in the honor and dishonor. We know that this honor and dishonor is the relative reaction of people. Anytime you run for election, you guarantee not 100% people will approve you. There will be at least 20%, maybe 10%. They will disagree with you and will say, you're not right. But you need to remain indifferent to both and do what you need to do. So therefore, he said, mana apamana yoho. Sita Ushna Sukha Dukkhesho. From the heat and cold, we have heard this before in Bhagavad Gita, to remain indifferent to cold and heat. Does not mean that the temperature rises in this room, we don't get up and adjust the thermostat. That's in your control. But for some reason, if it is not in my control, bear it. Learn to live with it. Why summers are hot and winters are cold? There is no answer which will make me comfortable. I need to learn to live with it. If it is cold, make sure that I have a jacket. If it is hot, make sure that I have light clothes. That much I can do. At the physical level, at the mental level, at the intellectual level. Sukha dukkha Sukha dukkha is an emotional response to what's happening to me. Sita Ushna is a physical response to my environment. And a mana of mana is intellectual response to what I receive from this world. These, all three of them are temporary and it is beyond my control. If it is winter outside, it is not something that we should have riots outside and say, let's continue this good weather. Not in our hand. We can just live with it. So Bhagavan said, Samaha Sangha Vivarjitaha. As long as I don't attach to the good days, the nice days, enjoy when they are, then I'm fine. So, samasanga vivarjita. By remaining equal, I become unattached to what's happening. So that's is true bhakta. One who has now identified with that supreme self. Where nothing is happening and nothing is changing. Everything that is happening in this world is the product of maya. I myself, as a limited being, is a product of this prakriti. And therefore, let this product of this prakriti deal with this rest of the prakriti. And I remain an observer of what's happening. Tulya nindaha stutihi mauni. We know we are going to face this, whether you like it or not. No matter how great a saint you are, some will praise you, and some will criticize you. If I get carried away by any one of them, I lost my control. So that you should keep in mind that praise and criticism are the natural part of the reaction from this world. Keep the advice in mind that durijana niyare rakhiye angana kuti chavai bina pani bina sabana nirmal kare sadai. You should go and thank people who criticize you. 
they give you a chance to improve. If you never tell me what wrong I have been doing, I'll have no chance to improve. I may not like it when you tell me, but my conscience will tell me that I think he or she is right. I need to correct it. That gives me a chance to self-evaluate myself and improve. Santushta ena kena chet. He should be content no matter what situation it is. Now, Santushta doesn't mean I have no goal, no aspirations, not to make any progress. But when I put my sincere efforts and what the results come, I should be happy with that. Okay. I can't become Bill Gates, but as long as I'm running my company, I'm fine. Okay. So you need to have some level of contentment in the results you get in your life. Aniketaha, another very difficult word. Homeless. Aniketa, Niketan, house. Aniketa, with no home. Homeless, we want to avoid that at any cost, right? He said, no, home is where you identify that this is my home. You live in five-star hotel room, you don't say this is my home. That's my hotel room. You check in at about midnight, $500 a, a night, check out at morning before breakfast time. You still call this is your room, but you don't call this is my home. Some people live from one hotel room to another. We took a cruise a few years ago, and I found out there are a lot of people who just go from one cruise to another, to another, to another. They don't have a home. It's much cheaper, retired person, to live from one cruise to another than have a house somewhere in Florida. Because in cruise, everything is taken care of. Lodging, boarding, entertainment, everything is taken care of. So they just book one cruise after another. They can never tell this is my home. This cruise is my home. It is when I identify this is my home, I have a problem. That's where I get attached, and then I fight for it. Aniketa, he never considered anything to be my home. In early days of my Chinma mission activities, I was in Dallas, and people say, hurry home, hurry home to meet each other. I had my boss, who was an American, generally with me, when we are traveling. And somebody says, I say, hurry home. And he said, well, you guys are very smart. I said, why is that? He said, Neil, you guys remind each other to hurry home. You know? <laughs> he said, I figured out why you Indians have a very steady family life. You remind each other, hurry home, hurry home, go home, go home. Swami, to say, that home you should be hurriedly going. All other homes are impermanent. Only in India they used to have permanent address. You have two address you have to give. Your current address and a permanent address. Here we figured out. Every address is temporary. Just give whichever you have right now. So, Aniketaha, who does not consider anything to be permanently his, is Aniketaha, is homeless. Thira matihi bhaktiman me priyo naraha. One who is steady in his intellect, such a bhakta is dear to me. He is very close to me. He is closer to his own goal of getting perennial happiness. The last verse, Etu dharmya amrutam idam yatha uktam pari upasate sraddhadhana matparma bhaktaha te ativame priyaha. Ativame priyaha. They are very dear to me. One who has all these 36 qualities. And who are doing what? Etu dharma amrutam idam yatha uktam. Up till now in Bhagavad Gita, we have learned what is the immortal law of being. Dharma amrutam. Dharma law of being. We have said dharma of sugar is sweet. 
But when you take the universal law of being, Bhagavan said, we explain to you what is the universal law of being. That alone exists which never mutates is your own self. One who follows the law of the self, Bhagavan said, Yathauktam, as described to you, as taught to you so far by me, Sraddhadhana, with faith, not we can try this one out too, you know, what is the harm in it, you know. We have been trying. Trology and Pamish today, it's a, another safety mechanism. Why not have even that too, to make sure I'm successful? Say, no, no, no. Sraddhadhana, have a complete faith in this law of being. That this is where my happiness lies. Mat parama, having me as the goal, me the supreme self as the goal. No more fascination with the rest areas, with the wonderful rest areas. My goal is to go to New York. Once I keep that in mind and function, Bhagavan says, such a bhakta is very dear to me, not just dear to me, is very dear to me. With that, we conclude chapter 12. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo